Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moni, Stephanie Burke. We're all here. John Brightman's here. I'm kicking up my own audio here. How are you doing, Matt? You got good levels there? All right, good, because I couldn't hear myself. And uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal. I usually say as we are each and every week, but we weren't here last week. We were at an event, and uh, and next week I won't be here, I think. And I think, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be here next week. I haven't turned you up yet, Stephanie. You guys are playing with dials oh. over there. Oh, oh, oh. Fiddling with dials, so I haven't turned you up. But the, um, yeah, so it's up to you and Moniz next week, Matt. We haven't even asked him if he's going to be here. He's he wasn't even here now. He was, I purposely waited till he had to go to the restroom to start the show. You did it on purpose. It's true. I did. We talked about it. As soon as you got up, I was like, "Let's do it now before he comes back." Okay. Little little hazing. Twelve years in. That's all. And uh, so, but as I said, you know, it's it's October. We get busy. People are running around doing all kinds of things. Um, so we'll see what happens next week. Maybe we'll have a recorded show. Maybe we'll have my two mats. <laughs> You can count on me. And uh, then the week after that, so the 14th, we are targeting for our, is it the 14th? Yeah, the 14th. We are targeting for our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. So what are you holding your hands up for, John Brightman? Because I'm going to be away. So? You are? Yes. Oh. You are too. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Not the 14th? Yes. Where are we going? (laughs) I don't remember. Oh. All night? Well, I didn't know about that. Well, it doesn't matter. We don't. We don't need you. Whoa. Thanks. Now, now I feel well, bad. we don't. We need the. We need the people out in the field. Right. We need the teams. That's what we need. We need everybody that wants to take part in it to let us know as soon as possible, so that we can get everything all worked out. Because we're gonna, you know, we always decide like just a couple weeks before that we're gonna do it, and we're gonna try and institute all kinds of new technology. So Matt's got some plans. He's been working in the lab. Bad scientist that he is. Let's just say. Every group that wants to go out there and take part in this in this this year, you have to have somebody that's a little bit tech savvy, a little bit social media savvy, and has a battery on their cell phone that will last, or at least a backup battery or one of those little bricks you can plug into, all that stuff. Because we've got some ideas, big ideas, and I'm not going to say them out loud because if they don't work, then nobody will be disappointed. If I start saying them now, they'll be like, "Oh, but you said, yeah, but I said that before we tried it." So let's not make empty promises that we can't keep. But it will be it will be interactive. And each year we've been able to make it more and more interactive as we go along. For those of you who are new to the show and have never caught our annual live Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, this is where we send people out into different areas of the Bridgewater Triangle, and we have them investigate things, and we have them report to us live from the field as they are investigating it. And I'm, I'm saying investigating things because it might not just be ghosts that they're out there looking for. We send people to areas where there's Bigfoot sightings. We send people to where there have been UFO sightings. We send people to where all sorts of high strangeness have happened. So if you're interested in any of those avenues of the paranormal, it doesn't have to just be ghost research. We can find a spot for you somewhere in the annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. And this year, I think, this is just something that I've been kicking around in my head. But because... We're going to be focusing on Middleborough for our Bridgewater Triangle event this year, which is November 4th. I think that also we might try and send some teams at least to that area. And uh, I was talking with the, the crew over at the Oliver House. They do have an event going on that night. 
and it's it's a it's a pro night. It's right. a, it's a night for seasoned investigators. So that means that somebody from the team will be able to pull themselves away. You know, if it was a novice night, then it's. it's I understand you have to like be working with the people, but whereas it's people who have done this before. Uh, that means one of the staff can probably take a few minutes and call us. So maybe Christy can or Julie or Leonard Peggy or somebody mm-hmm. will give us a call and let us know what's going on over there that night. And then we'll see what else we can pull off. You know, maybe we send somebody over to the town hall. Maybe uh, maybe we send Moniz out to the field again. Are you around that weekend? The 4th? November. No, no, you better be there for that. I put you on the yeah. poster already. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I, I thought mean, I was already. Oh the, 14th, the 14th of, of October. I should be available. Because maybe we can get you over into the Mayflower Lodge, the Masonic Lodge over there in Middlebar. I can get in there anytime I want. Well, I'm a Mason. No, <laughs> but you can't get in there if they have an event going right. on. That's what he's saying. I'm saying, like, let's see if the calendar's clear. Like, what's the point of sending you over there if they're having, like, a Rainbow Girl sleepover? Like, first of all, yeah. I think legally you're not allowed in the building <laughs> if that oh, happens. Funny, this is funny. getting weird. But uh, if, if there's, you know, if they're not doing anything, if they don't need the need the, the building for the night, maybe we can send you over there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, if there's something going on, I don't want to be like, oh, Moniz, go and try and investigate and see what happens. But there's also this dinner happening, so you're going to have to try to work around that. That just wouldn't be fair. We can find a different spot if you if you want to be out in the field. It's definitely you, a great location. If you don't want to be out in the field, you don't have to. I'm not going to force you. No, I'll go. I won't make you do anything that you don't want to do. We can send you into the woods looking for Bigfoot. I'm actually going to be doing that this coming weekend with the BFRO. Matt Moneymaker is coming down for an event uh, this coming uh, weekend. So, well, I, next week there, there's I'm going to be at the Oliver House. Stephanie's away. I'll be so at Scarecon. If you have these guys down here and you want to come in and do a show around what you're doing, otherwise feel free. But otherwise, we'll we'll come up with an alternative plan. I'm going to be running around the woods with a bunch of BFRO people. Where are you going? The woods. Uh, they're, they're, the woods. <laughs> well, one of the places is going to be the ledge. And uh, there's going to be places in Bridgewater and in Middleborough. They're, they're doing uh, Betty's Neck is another place that they're headed to out in Lakeville and stuff. So all the local areas that have had recent activity. Well, uh, we'll we'll certainly uh, find different places on the 14th to send people out to. And, uh, again, if you want to take part in this, we, we need your help. We can't make this work on our own. Like, we just, we can't. Otherwise, it's just us talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. And we've been doing that every year for 12 years now. Right. So people are tired of hearing us talk about it. They want to hear about what you can experience going out there. So let me know. Just send me an email, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. Hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter. Let me know that you want to take part, and we'll start putting a list together of everybody that's going to be involved in it, and we'll start figuring out who's going to go where. And I can tell you this. It's usually like a first-come, first-served kind of thing, so let me know right away if you want. As of right now, nobody's officially confirmed. So... I know some people have told me, hey, I definitely want to take part, definitely want to take part, but nothing's official. So every location is on the table. So reach out early, and then that will guarantee that you'll get your first choice of where it is that you want to head out and investigate. But it doesn't really matter in the end because there's so many different great places to go, and we'll always find somewhere to put somebody. And and, and some people want to do it, but they don't want to go out on their own. Right, so we usually try to hook you up with We can find people. So many ghosts, so little time. That's, I mean, there's a team that came together because of that. Right, very true. So uh, feel free to reach out even if you don't have a team and you just want to take part. 
we'll, we're certainly not going to send you out into the woods or anything alone. That's not safe. So we'll find somebody for you to, to partner up with for the night, and, and who knows where it may go. You may start a new paranormal team as a result of it. You, you may even know. You may even get married. It's 2017. We don't judge. So tonight we have a huge show for you. Tonight we're going to go down some weird and different avenues. And uh, in the first hour, we're going to be joined in just a bit by Jim Andre, who, if you live on the South Coast, if you live in the New Bedford area, Jim has been creating quite a buzz lately. Uh, he was featured on Paul Santos's New Bedford Connections cable access talk show, and the video clip of that went you know, viral, viral for this, for this area, but it went viral. Jim is somebody who researches UFOs and who has been abducted in the past. And I don't, I don't want to give away too much of his story because he's going to share it with us in just a few minutes, but he was abducted and came back with a tattoo. And, John, it's, it's good that you're here tonight because there might be some tattoo-related questions that you would have as a result of this. Like, it's very interesting. We have photos of the tattoo that we'll be showing on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. We have uh, some evidence that Jim has provided on the Internet of, of his experiences with UFOs. So we're going to get into all that. And then in the next hour, we have a legend coming on the show. We have the amazing Kreskin joining us. Are you, are you familiar with the amazing Kreskin, Stephanie? I you know am. Kreskin? I like how you always ask me first, I know. assuming I don't Well, know. no, because everybody else was <laughs> nodding, so that's why I was asking you. You weren't nodding. I was reading. And also, like, you're the youngest one in the room. I so. am. It wouldn't be... If you had said, I don't know who the Amazing Kreskin is, I wouldn't have been like, are you serious? You don't know who Kreskin is? I only say that when I ask if you've seen certain movies. Movies, and you yes. say no. Usually in the horror genre. Are you serious? You've never seen that? I don't watch horror movies. I just, I'm sorry, I don't. Well. It's never going to happen. <laughs> we will be joined by the Amazing Kreskin coming up in the next hour, and I think that you'll probably have some pretty interesting Absolutely. questions for Kreskin, considering he's a, a mentalist. And Which I love. I and, love that. And I think that it's, it's funny because I, I shared the fact that we were going to have the amazing Kreskin on the show, and people were responding back with, well, you know that all that stuff that he does, like, it's not real, right? No, it is. But some of it isn't, and that's the idea right. behind it, is that you don't know what's real and what isn't. Right. Some of it is abilities, but some of it is just tricks. Right, which is amazing. I'm getting all I over the place. I don't right? know what that was. It was... It's, it's interesting. It's, I'm spitting all over the place. <laughs> Don't do that. It's too early for that. By the end of the show, I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Donald Duck over here. But uh, So we will be joined by the amazing Kreskin coming up in the next hour. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls at any point at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in and share whatever is on your mind during the course of the show. Uh, and I had mentioned that we do have uh, that Bridgewater Triangle event coming up. On November 4th, and there's been some questions. I just want to address those questions right now because there is another event scheduled for the Mayflower Lodge that same day, but we've gotten the clearance. We'll be all set. That event will be over by the time we go in. Same thing with the Oliver House. They have something going on during the day. Mm -hmm. They'll be cleared out by the time that we go in. And what I like best about this event, unlike last year when we had multiple locations that were a little bit of space apart from each other with our Bridgewater Triangle event in Bridgewater, this year... You don't have to worry about that. There's going to be a shuttle. Which is awesome. So you'll park your car in the town hall parking lot. You'll walk across the street to the Mayflower Lodge. And then when it comes time for your group to go to the Mayflower, I mean to go to the Oliver House, you'll just jump in a shuttle. 
get driven over. And Moniz will not be driving it. No. No, not at all. The insurance will not cover that. So that is the big plus for the night. But uh, you will have the opportunity to, um, you know, to bring your equipment and everything. So just don't forget it because the shuttle's not going to bring you back. Make sure you bring a backpack with you. Do I have time for my shameless plug? Go oh, absolutely. I just want to address that question. Oh, of course. It's a very important question, and I needed to clear the air that Moniz is not driving. But <laughs> make sure to tune in to Kindred Spirits on TLC next week, October 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern, because I will be on. Um, it'll be my second episode with Kindred Spirits altogether, first one for season two, and there will be another one coming up later on in the season. I just don't have the date yet. So make sure you're sitting in front of your TV or you're DVRing that and watching it within three days. Don't forget to plug where you're going to be next Yeah, week. where are you going to well, be? I'll be watching it from ScareCon in New York. So the Turning Stone Resort. The, the Turning Stone Resort and Casino. There you go. Um, I don't really know where I'm watching it yet, but we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. So make sure that you are definitely uh, tuning into that. Amy and Adam are absolutely amazing. So if you haven't caught the beginning of the season, the first three episodes, you definitely have to... Uh, check that out. Check out last season as well. It's amazing. Um, last night's episode was insane. Um, probably the best evidence that I've ever seen caught on any uh, show really? that I've seen. Yes. I didn't get to see it. Oh, they caught uh, apparitions. Oh, twice. Nice. It was insane. Now, how was your event at Lizzie's the other night? It was awesome, actually. Um, I actually got to do table tipping there for the first time. Really? Yep. So, um, I actually had um, Ty from Haunt Me yep. was with me, um, and sitting across me, it was his first time, and I had Porter uh, from the Tennessee Wraith Chasers sitting next to me, and they had never done it before, and I had poor uh, Len and Peggy Hunt sitting with me, and they had never <laughs> done it before, and my best friend Heather. So I had a table full of uh, table-tipping virgins, and they were terrified. Well, I shouldn't say some of them were. Yeah. Some did not... Nothing phased them. Um, like Len? No, actually, he was a little—he was a little unsure of it by the end. Okay. Um, Porter was definitely just all in. Let me see what happens. Not afraid of anything. Ty is the best and funniest person that I've ever met in my life, and we had such a good time uh, table tipping with him. But it was—it was very interesting, and it's the first time that I've actually done real table tipping in that household. Um, I've sat in on other people doing it, and I am. I won't say anything about that, but yeah. um, it was it was awesome to facilitate it myself and to kind of see what happened, and it was it was very interesting. So I enjoyed my night there. It was a little different than usual, but still a lot of activity. Yeah, it definitely did feel weird, but it, uh, yeah, it did. You know, I, I have to say that everybody that left that night seemed to have tapped into what was going on. You know, they seemed to tap into it's like. All right, we're not getting a lot of stuff, but we're getting a lot of feelings. And I think for some reason, everybody was more open to it. We got a lot of positive response to the, the old school methodologies. I don't think I've ever spent that much time at an event with people all hovered around Ouija boards. Yes. People, you know, picking up dowsing rods and using those. Right. So I like the fact that people were willing to kind of put some of that other stuff. I didn't see a lot of people walking around with meters in their hands. No, not at all. And it was interesting to me because we had talked about me doing table tipping. So I figured, well, let me just start. Let me get the table going, and then I'll be able to change things out. And as I'm sitting there, I had 
probably, I'd say, 95% of the people that attended the event standing in the room with me. And, you know, I gave them all the option of, like, you know, does anybody want to switch out or do you want to, um, you know, leave the room? And nobody moved. Everybody just stood there and stared at me, which was fine. You know, if, if you feel more comfortable watching, we'll say, like, the staff of the event do it, then that's totally okay with me. Because it's a weird concept for people yeah. that have never seen it before. And some people have seen it and not seen it done the right way, and they don't really understand that the table actually physically moves, which is bizarre to some people. So, But they all stood there and just stared and couldn't believe what was happening. So it was really cool. It was interesting. And we will, we'll, we'll de- I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I've seen a lot of people that poo-poo it yes. at first until they actually sit see, down and But you have partici- to see it really happen. Yes. Like well, you have to sit way. down yeah. and participate right. within... Yeah. Yep. Well, coming up a little bit later on in the show, uh, la- later on in the next hour, maybe we'll get some more in-depth with some of the, the old-school stuff because, again, people were really digging it, and, and I think it's something right. that we're going to incorporate more with things that we do. But joining us on the line right now, we have Jim Andre is with us. And Jim Andre is the founder of the Alien Connection Truth Network, and he's a local guy. He's from Akushnet. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show... He's been creating quite a buzz with his interview with Paul Santos on New Bedford Connections, which you can check out on YouTube. If you just search for New Bedford Connections, you'll find the show. But uh, let's bring him on the show right now. Good evening, Jim. You are with us. Can you hear us okay? I'm with you guys, yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. And oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Uh, no, no, bro. It's our pleasure to have you. And what I found fascinating about this is when this interview first happened when it first hit the uh, social media sphere and when it first went up on YouTube and went to cable access everybody started asking me about you and everybody started asking me about if if I was familiar with your story and I said you know that's really weird that we've been doing spooky south coast for all this time and and I hadn't heard of of, of you and your work but uh, it, you are kind of relatively new to, to coming out and being public about all this well yeah yeah recently I've been uh you know, I decided to go public, but uh, yeah, most of the time I just, you know, researched and, uh, you know, I set up that group on the internet, the uh, Link Connection Truth Network, and uh, I mean, uh, the month of July, from July to August, for some reason, they were joined by the thousands. We, we, uh, the membership increased, like, uh, from 65,000 to over 100,000 in one month. Wow. And and no explanation, no way to really figure out what it was. Right. That yeah, I mean, it's kind of baffling in a way. I can't figure out why so many uh, people re- would request to join. I mean, it's not being advertised or exposed in any way. Right. I mean, and that's what, what fascinates me about your story is that you've been kind of doing this work. I don't want to say in the shadows, but definitely, you know, out of the public eye. You weren't you weren't out there. You know, self-promoting and trying to get people to join up, and 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 I've, you've never sent me an email asking to come on the show. You know, we we actually reached out to you, so it's a, it's very interesting that you know all of a sudden people are finding you like this. It's it's almost like something's telling them that they need to talk to you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to, to try to find out, you know, how or why that happened. But uh, I just can't, you know, I can't wrap my head around that because that's unusual. I mean, joining, you know, by the thousands like that in one month. You know. So I watched a little bit of, 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 well, I watched the interview that you had with Paul Santos, so I, I, I have a little bit of your background. Um, you worked for a bus company and also as a constable, so you weren't somebody that was uh, running around in ufology circles in your professional life. Well, no, I mean, I, I, mean, I know of uh, researchers and stuff like that. I, mean, I know a couple of people, uh, you know, uh, 
that I've been in the field for a while, you know, doing this type of work. But, but it wasn't like you were an airline pilot or anything and, and, oh, and, no, no, and, no, no. and having a reason to reach out. Uh, possible, uh, you know. So then what led to the creation of, of, of the network, of the Alien Connection Truth Network? Well, what inspired me was, uh, I've actually, like, you've probably seen on the video that I state that I've been abducted, which is, uh, you know, seems bizarre, but that's what happened, you know. Well, it's not really bizarre on this show. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> not by a long shot. I, you know what I mean? Uh, the majority of people uh, think you're, you know, probably well, cracked out when you say things like that, but. My, speaking of crackpots, my co-host here on the show, Matt Moniz, uh, he has been uh, a, a UFO researcher for a long time, specializing in abduction cases. Uh, so he's, you know, quite familiar. I mean, this is definitely uh, a show where you can come on and, and share everything and not worry about that well, kind of That's stuff. a good thing. I mean, that was part of the reason why I, uh, you know, reached out on the internet today, you know. And, and uh, you know, for people who uh, likewise, you know, with their interest in the, in the subject, you know. So take us through that that abduction experience that led to all of this. Well, I was at home. I was on a computer. It was about 9.15 p.m. The reason why I remember that vividly is because the last thing I remember that evening was uh, looking at the low right-hand uh, corner of the computer monitor, and it said 9.15. And then it was just like I, I went out, and uh, I came, you know, I, I awakened, and I'm looking around just basically wondering where I was at. And uh, I glanced over at the alarm clock, and it was 2.57 a.m. Hmm. So, uh, and that's actually three minutes before I usually get up for, for work uh, because I worked for the bus company. I used to get up early. And uh, looking around, trying to, you know, gather my thoughts and everything, and all of a sudden I, I felt this uh, intense burning sensation on my right forearm. And when I looked down, there was a, a tattoo on my arm that resembled an alien gray. And at that point, I mean, I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know if I was dreaming. Uh, I was actually beside myself. Still am in a way, but... So, I mean, uh, that's basically what happened that night. I mean, I kind of, like, get, get some uh, memory that I can almost grasp, mm-hmm. you know, other than, you know, just the tattoo itself, but... And what I'm trying to explain to you, but 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 when like I, I just can't, I can't reach it. It was just complete missing time for you. No, just from one second to another is is kind of all you remember. Right, exactly. In other words, it was just like missing time, and uh, that was the result, I guess. I don't know. Now I have some questions for you, Jim. All right. Now, you say the last thing you remember is looking down to the lower right-hand corner of the computer and seeing the time. That's how you know. Right. You're okay. right. And I and believe it was on a Wednesday night. I, that I recall. The year? It was like the middle of the week. And yeah. uh, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And then awakening, you know. It was 2000. It was 2000 and what? Uh, what? I believe it was 13. 2013. I, mean, I, I should have, you know, something like this, I should have actually made notes of, but I, I really didn't because I, I, I kind of like myself didn't really believe it to begin with. Okay. Now, going from where you last remember being looking at the computer lower right, and then you said your next memory is looking at your alarm clock. So you're Correct. saying you woke up in a different room or came to consciousness in a different room. 
Oh, no, I was in the same, I was sitting in the same chair on my computer. Okay. Same room. And when I looked over, it was, the time was 2.57 a.m. Okay. Yeah, you say, I think you were saying you didn't You didn't even set your alarm clock. No, I didn't. I hadn't okay. set it yet because uh, I hadn't gone to bed yet, you know what I mean? Okay. So it was, it, it, it's very weird that it was exactly, you know, just a few moments before you would have normally gotten up to go to work. Yeah, it's, yeah. In yeah. other words, it, it, I actually woke up like three minutes prior than what I usually would have went up, you know, woke up if the alarm clock would have went off. It's like you were on a, a, a certain time window well, that they had to get you back before you would realize what was going on. Yeah, well, which is, yeah, I don't know if that's coincidental or, or what it is, but that that's that was the time frame. Well, your body normally is uh, attuned to waking up at a certain you, time. You, 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 would, you would think so. Yeah. Try, try being somebody that gets up at 3 or 4 in the morning every day and see if that happens. <laughs> right, Jim? You know what I'm talking no, about. I agree with that. I mean, they say we have a biological clock. Yeah, we do. And I, like I said, I've been getting up really like that for the last 10 years. So. And, uh, and and I think we have a photo of the tattoo. Matt, did, did you get the one I sent to you? Okay. So, and this is, um, this is very interesting because in... I mean, you have tattoos, Jim, so you're, you're familiar with the process. You're familiar with what it's like to get a tattoo, what it should feel like when you have a tattoo. And then all of a sudden you come back into consciousness sitting at your computer, look down, and, and this thing's on your arm. And it, it, wasn't, it didn't look like a normal tattoo would, something that had just happened uh, if you had come out of a tattoo parlor. Right. And I, I, actually there was no, like, no uh, bleeding on it. Uh, the way it healed, it didn't heal like a, a regular tattoo at the... Uh, it felt more like a burning sensation and more like a burn um, because what happened was it blistered up and uh, and when it healed, it healed like a sunburn would, would peel so, rather than scabbing up like a uh, you know, scrape or an abrasion would. Or like a regular tattoo does. And, uh, and we actually have a, a tattoo expert in the studio with us as well, uh, John Brightman, uh, who, who this is what he does for a living. And so, John, have you ever heard of that? Somebody who has a tattoo that re- reacts that way after it happens? Um, not really. Hold on, let me turn that back up. i turn it down for Stephanie. Not really, unless it's not taken care of. Um, sometimes that burning sensation will happen if it's not taken care of because then it's getting an infection set into it. But from right. the picture... Well, I mean, I've had other tattoos that I had done, but I mean, I know, you know, what, what they feel like and whatnot, but, uh, from the picture, anyway. from the picture, it definitely looks like it was, it don't, to me, it almost looks like if you were having laser removal, because that's what it would look like with laser removal, yeah, it's, well, it's that know, burn that's, sensation. That's in my mind, the way it felt and the way it healed, you know, that it would, it would be a completely different process. Of, uh, right, it was more like laser laser tattooing yeah. yes it was more like a laser put in from what you're saying but it definitely right. looks like the way it's you know been healed and the way it's in your skin it definitely looks like it was almost lasered off per se so i can understand what you're saying about the burning sensation right. of saying it was put in that way because that's what it looks like yeah well i mean that, that, i really don't know to be honest with you but i mean that's that's what i'm, I'm assuming anyway. Have you uh, had it looked at by a dermatologist? No, but uh, I plan on that. Um, I've already uh, talked with Paul Santos on uh, the Buffy Connections, and uh, we're going to plan on uh, doing a show where I'll take a polygraph on the show uh, regarding my claims. So. 
That's no. that's the lawyer and Paul right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, that was my idea. I'm oh, really? Well, that's. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, if 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 you are out there telling the story, you know, it's it's not something that would be hard for somebody to say, oh, he's making that up. Because, look, here's a picture of him from, you know, 1998, and he had this alien tattoo on his arm already. So the fact that you're able to give these dates and, and can prove to people, like, no, it wasn't here then, it was right. here then. <laughs> it just happened like that. And, and there's no there's no period of healing like a like it would have happened, you know, where you would have seen it. Yeah, it actually was, like, healed in, like, three days, you know what I mean? It would be interesting to see what the dermatologist says if they do take a little bit of skin or do, like, a skin sample to see what and type of material a, uh, is in the ink. Online, uh, yeah. You're uh, in my head, John. Put some pictures of the tattoo. I sent him some pictures, and uh, he, he's an expert, like, in Photoshop uh, technology and, uh, you know, uh, and all that. And he, uh, he did what he called in-depth uh, enhancements on it. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, he showed me what what it what it uh, resulted in, and it was kind of like weird because <laughs> it's got like different different uh, symbols that appear. And one of them is an astronaut. No, oh, really. Yeah, and one is like a uh, there's a couple of like images that that show that uh, look looks like an alien. Um, and there's a couple other things there that, uh, I mean, it, it's pretty interesting. Now, did you take pictures of it right after it happened? I'm sure you must have. Um, actually, I didn't know. Really? Yeah. All right. A couple of other physical questions. Did you know I mean, that? I was kind of like in denial for a while there. You know what I mean? I just try to like. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I, I just try to like not even think about it. Um. Did you notice that there was a difference in the skin? Like, were was the hair in that area gone, or was the hair still there? Uh, I don't believe the hair was there, but it has. It has. Uh, let me see. Let me look at this. Because, as you know, with a regular tattoo, they shave the area first. Right. Well, uh, I mean, the hair is grown back. Okay. Uh, but uh, when when the tattoo was there, no, I don't believe the hair was there. Okay, which is not uncommon for getting a tattoo. Like I said, they generally right. shave an area. Yeah, well, yeah, they shave the area. Yeah. And so now, after this happens, and you 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 wake up and finally you have this tattoo, uh, you start. I understand, you know, at first you're kind of in denial, but at some point you start sharing with people your experiences. What what was the reaction of people when you started telling them about <laughs> I think I'm crazy. <laughs> I mean, the first one I told was my dad, you know, because <laughs> I, I live uh, the share the home with him here in the cushion, and uh, of course he was asleep at the time. He was still, you know, he was still asleep in the morning. That happened. I went to work, but when I got home, he said, "Ah, you're crazy. What do you want to talk like that for?" And all that stuff. So, <laughs> and and he didn't. He he had nothing weird that he remembered happening that night. No weird no, lights or no. anything. I asked him. All right. Now, a question I have for you is, have you ever had any sightings or any interest in uh, aliens or UFOs prior to that event? 
Yes, yes, I've always been interested because I've I've seen a, a few sightings and uh, one hot spot uh, that I've seen uh, a few times is up in. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the Bridgewater Triangle, right? Oh, quite well. <laughs> yeah. that interest and in, in, in having those early sightings, it, it kind of put you on the radar of whatever could have been there, but do you have any idea of why they might have chosen you and, and taken you and done this to you? I No, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I try to rationalize that out, you know, within myself, and I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to say why, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously with what you've been doing uh, in spreading the word around and uh, with your network, and maybe that's the idea. Maybe it was to put you on this path of seeking answers and, and talking to others who have had experiences. And I mean, Moni's yeah, all, all. Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, obviously there's something to it. Exactly what it is, uh, I'm not sure. But. All I can think of with this, Moni's, is, is the Starborn twins. Yes. And, I mean, and the fact that all this yourself, your experiences, Jim's experiences, their experiences, all kind of within one concentrated area, too. Yes. And you all later cross paths. Yes. So there could be something deeper to all this that, you know, we're not meant to understand. But uh, so now. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's meaning behind it. Uh, you know, it's for, uh, you know, I believe it's for a purpose and a reason. But exactly what that is, I'm not sure of, uh, you know. But. So at what point then did you feel comfortable enough to start? the network and start, you know, putting all these pieces together. And I've seen that you've, you know, you've made some documentaries that you put up on YouTube. What was it that, at what point did you feel comfortable enough to start doing that and being in the public eye? Or I know it's still working under the radar, but at least putting your story out there for people to find. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I figured I'd share my experience as bizarre as it sounds because, uh, I mean, within myself, I know what happened. You know, I know the truth. And I figure, you know, uh, everybody else, uh, should be aware of it too. They, you know. Was part of it, and and I can understand if it wasn't a conscious thought, but was part of it also hopefully to find others that had been through the same thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how the star. Well, that, that was my main intention, uh, you know, in starting the uh, LA Connection Truth Network on Facebook. And we we will definitely hook you up with the Starborn Twins, if uh, if you're not familiar with them already, and and of course Moniz too. You guys all need to network. I think that that was kind of the point of all this was yes. to kind of make this all come together. Well, yeah, that would be great. I mean, there's others, other experiencers that, that want to get together. Sure, I'm all for it. Uh, we we do it. There was a convention where yeah, everybody I was, got together. I was just going to say, I'm putting together the um, the convention for next year for. Um, and where was that going to be? At? It's going to be in Wareham, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, you know the. Uh, we're still working out all of the details. Uh, oh, I see, yeah. Sure. Um, I'd love to be a part of it. Uh, we, we'd love to have you. Um, used to be held, held up in Maine every year, but unfortunately due to logistical reasons and uh, uh, we, we don't have access to certain places that we did, we're, it's now going to be held down this area. And, so, yeah. and the fact that nobody wanted to go to Maine, so now you're just coming to the Maine of Massachusetts and uh, going to Wareham. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far off. 
But uh, it, and that's that's the thing about this is I found that over the years as we've talked to different abductees, that that is what a lot of people are looking for. They're, they're just looking for either the chance to have somebody else that has had a similar experience and that they can kind of work out their own issues with, and then also some people are driven toward helping others. And it seems like, Jim, like you're one of those people that's been driven toward helping others with their own experiences, even even as you've struggled to kind of accept what happened to yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it's hard to talk about, really. I mean, uh, whoever's been uh, through it, and, and, uh, I mean, because, you know, people, uh, they, they think you're crazy, you know. Have you tried uh, regression therapy? Have you looked into that well, at all? I thought about that, too. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take certain steps, you know, which, uh, you know, will help uh, resolve whatever is, uh, is going on, you know. I know, I know Moniz can help you with that as well yeah. if, if you choose to go that route. Now, yeah, I mean, I eventually I like to have, you know, hypnotic regression. Uh, like I say, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to take a polygraph and, and whatnot, so. And you've also kind of expanded beyond just focusing on UFOs and, and aliens. You've you've looked into other areas of paranormal phenomena as well. I have, yeah. I, I, I also practice spiritual uh, healing, you know, psychic healing. And I've also been successful at that. Was that something that you had ever tried prior to your abduction experience? Well, I did. I mean, I used to, you know, practice it. You know, my daughters would be young. They said, Dad, I got a headache. And I used to be able to, you know, uh, relieve them of the headache and stuff like that. But uh, it seemed to, uh, since I've had a tattoo, I think it's enhanced somewhat, you know. It's weird because, like, I would never think that kind of stuff works. I mean, my other co-host, Stephanie, here, she she does that stuff. Uh, so now I know that it, it works. Oh, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, she's. You practice Reiki, and yes. you are psychic and a medium, and right. have all kinds of other powers. <laughs> well, thank you. And is totally afraid of anything alien. I am. Yes. If you ever meet her, you have to like cover up your tattoo with a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> She'll freak out if she sees it. All right. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's true though. I mean, some people have that kind of ability without even realizing it. Like I, I have this technique that I do. When somebody has a headache, I've, I think I've done it for you before, Stephanie. I don't remember. Somebody has a headache, and I put my finger in the middle, mm-hmm. and then I grab the two eyebrows, and I kind of just massage it for a couple seconds, and then I'll usually go like that, mm-hmm. and their headache goes away. And somebody taught me that when I was younger. Right. And I was like, it's total BS, but it works, but it, it seems to work. And then when my son was younger, if ever if every got hurt and was in pain, I would always say, hold on, calm down, take a breath. Where does it hurt? I'd put my hand on it, and i say, I'm taking away the pain. Now you don't. Now it doesn't hurt anymore. And he would always say, "Yeah, it doesn't." Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was because I was just calming him down. I never thought that there might actually be something to it. But maybe there well, is. Well, everybody has a natural healing ability. Well, it's only it's, um, with me. It's uh, channel and energy. You know, I channel and energy, and uh, I use that for uh, purpose of healing. I mean, belief uh, is a solid foundation to begin with. If you want to be successful at it, you know, believe in that you can. But... And it's it's. I do find it very interesting that it's become enhanced since you got the tattoo, almost like maybe that is like a conduit for some sort of other power, you know, a conduit for some sort of other strength or other energy that you had, but this is kind of like, almost like if, um, you know, like if, if you need to amplify a signal somehow, you put some, right, sort, of exactly, a, some yeah. sort of signal Basically, amplifier. Basically, I mean, that's what everything is based on anyway, is different levels of vibrating uh, frequencies, and have you uh, have you had experiences with ghosts? Uh, not not too much in that area. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of times, uh, 
things happen uh, here and there, but I mean nothing, nothing major, you know. I mean, I've dabbled with a Ouija board before, also, but hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm a firm supporter of that. <laughs> Even when most people will say, "Oh no, those are evil," yeah. they're not. I, I've had a very weird couple of weeks myself personally, where. All of a sudden, people are starting to show up in my life that I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to know you for a reason. And mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of there's, – there's definitely something weird and strange going on in the air right mm-hmm. now. And uh, and I know that you've uh, had other visitations too, Jim, as well. I, I remember seeing the photo, and I think I sent it to you, Matt, if you wanted to use it on the screen. But you showed uh, – uh, Paul Santos showed a photo on the on the show of, of a UFO actually hovering over your house. Correct, yeah. So they've been that on the show there. So they've been coming back again and again then since you've had your abduction experience. Well, that was that was actually I, I believe that photo was before the abduction, not after. Okay, but they have been coming back since. Uh, I haven't really seen them since. It's been what uh, thirteen, about four years, I guess. But do you have any suspicions that maybe you might have been taken again? Any any other missing time or just any weird feelings that you thought maybe it happened and you just don't know it? Or before. Well, I believe that's probably a possibility, but nothing that I'm aware of, you know, since uh, since the tattoo uh, incident. So. Hmm. Very strange. Uh, I, I find it interesting, though, that, and Moniz, we've talked about this before, It there's no profile. There's no, like, typical abductee. There's no person that you can say, this. there's a reason why they took you. Every race, every nationality, everywhere around the world. There's, you know, nobody's immune, let's put it that way, or no one particular type of... You're not, Stephanie. Don't raise your hand, Stephanie. You're not immune. Stop it. And, and now that you know Jim, now you know now that you've been introduced to Jim, they're definitely coming for you. And you guys aren't nice friends at all. <laughs> There's some leading data, uh, if this helps. They're saying that more of this type... Uh, people are abducted, but that only has to do statistically. There are more of these type of people, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, that kind of thing. It's not that, you know, they're focusing on that. It's just that statistically, there are more of this race of people that that are, are on Earth than others, and so. Yeah. So, so Jim, what are your plans going forward now? Now that the story is getting out there and, and it's becoming more public, what do you see your role um, in the future? Well, I mean, uh, well, like the other experiences there that you mentioned, I mean, uh, I'm willing to get together with others and uh, put together whatever we can to uh, make it known. Oh, absolutely. We, we will definitely uh, be in touch, and we'll hook yeah. you up with some folks. And basically what I'll do is I'll just introduce you to Moniz on Facebook, and then the two of you can take it from there because he knows everybody. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm sure. That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story with us. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. And, and uh, again, you have a, a website that you want everybody to know about, and I know you have the Facebook group. Uh, well, it's a Facebook page, actually. Okay. It's uh, uh, the Alien Connection Truth Network. I mean, if they want to check it out. All right. Well, I think you're going to see some more numbers now go up. So, Okay. That's a good thing. And, uh, and definitely stay in touch. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. That's Jim Andre. He is an Akushnet resident, the man who appears to have been abducted and came back with a tattoo that he can't explain. So, And, again, if you want to uh, see those photos, again, we'll have the video clips up on SpookySouthCoast.com and on our YouTube channel. I, I am just dying to know when he does go to the dermatologist, if they will do 
some type, because you can easily go down and pull some of that ink out. Oh, well, you don't need a dermatologist to do it. Moniz can do it. Uh, yeah, give me a knife. <laughs> but, I mean, how, what, what was the process? We have about a minute before we have to go to it, the news, but... It would just be like a simple skin scraping with, yeah, a, just, with then, a scalpel. Then, I, I would like to see what kind of material is in the ink, because all inks, even though they say they've removed most of the metals... Like red still has iron in it. It just has a legal limit that has it in it. Right. So that's the thing. I would like to see what's in some of those other colors put that it, are in the skin. Put it this way. Somebody give me the samples. I've got the uh, analytical equipment to find out what what's well, in it. I mean, Jim's going to have to be the one to give you the samples. <laughs> if any of us did it, it would probably be assault. Yeah. <laughs> so, but when Like you, I said, have it collected by a dermatologist. Well, well, the safe way. Well, we'll work it all out for sure, and uh, and we'll definitely introduce him to, to the Starborn Twins as well. And and his network just got bigger without him even realizing it. So, yep. all right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined hopefully by the amazing Kreskin. I didn't confirm with him today, but I assume that he would just know. And uh, so he'll be joining us to talk about an upcoming appearance he'll have in Massachusetts. If you want to go and see him for yourself, it's happening next week. We'll have all those details coming up for you on the other side of the of the news break. I know it's weird. We're actually on the radio tonight. We have to take the news break and all that stuff. So uh, we, we will do that. And when we come back on the other side, the amazing Kreskin and more paranormal talk that you can get involved in by giving us a call at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 by jumping in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and on the free Spooky South Coast app. Or maybe you have the YouTube app on your TV. You can watch us that way as well. Just search for Spooky South Coast and you'll find our live stream. And, uh, of course, SpookySouthCoast.com has everything that you need, everything that you could possibly want to know about the show, old episodes, articles, news, what kind of snacks we like. It's all up there. The snacks are actually in the studio tonight, so uh, we, we will spare you snack talk. But just be aware that it's there if we need it. There is a large bag of Swedish fish. <laughs> of course the there studio. is. So we'll take a break for the news. We'll come back with more coming up in just a bit. Here on Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here with you, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, Stephanie Burke, and John Brightman. Full house tonight, and uh, of course we have a full house because we have a very special guest joining us on the line tonight. I Really, the man needs no introduction. He is simply, one word, amazing. Joining us on the line right now, we have the one, the only, the amazing Kreskin. Sir, good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, is, is this Tim Weisberg? This is, yes. Yeah. Tim, and you mentioned there's a couple of other uh, folks with you on, on at the studio. Mike, what were the names? Uh, we have uh, we have two Matts. We have a John and a Stephanie. Uh, uh, 
there's three of you or two of you or four? Did you, you said Matt, John, and John and Stephanie. Wait, wait, how many? Hold on. One, two, three. We're five total. So, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, God, you got, you got a paying audience there right in the studio, huh? <laughs> well, I, I need somebody to run out and get my snacks for me, somebody to go and run and get some tacos, you know. We... And the show, and you know what's great? The show the show is live, and I, 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 always, I constantly say this, having spent so much of my life in television, it's so nice to, to know things that are going on that you can't, you can't turn around and, and change it because so much of the live, uh, and the shows, uh, re- real shows that are on TV are not really real. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I get a kick out of the reality shows. I don't want to go into details, but there, there's one great incident that happened two years ago in, in a woman's uh, uh, clothing store. And the producers called me and said, Kreskin, do you think the public will ever find out that that spontaneous incident t- took nine takes <laughs> in almost a half an hour to film, you know? So it's nice to know. And you guys seem fairly stable. I'm only joking, by the way. I, I, I kid about that, but uh, I, I don't would, drink that. Have- <laughs> I, I'd, say, I'd say fairly is a generous take for how stable we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're out in... You're out in, uh, in near the Boston area, are you? We are. We're uh, we're just uh, just between uh, Cape Cod and Rhode Island, and wow. and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because you're actually coming to our neck of the woods next week. You're going to be in Arlington. Yeah, I'm doing a I'm doing a full evening concert. Uh, it'll be over two hours uh, uh, in Arlington at the Regent Regent Theater, and uh, you know I'm on the road most of the time. I just came in a few hours ago from Pennsylvania, and I leave then tomorrow morning for. New York City, but uh, 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 so I'm looking forward to coming. I don't think I've been to Arlington before, at least not in this life. Now I'm only joking, folks. And people are going to say this guy really is drinking, but no, I, I I love my work. It's just that the traveling sometimes I have to look at my wristwatch to see where I am. You know? Oh, understandable. <laughs> now, what what can people I, look- as of as of? Uh, I, in fact, uh, I was. I just have to. I won't. I won't say much about it. But I was in. In Bethlehem, Allentown, Pennsylvania, today in my career, I'm from New Jersey, my career started uh, years and years ago in that area, and the memories I have of, of private shows and then public programs of a 12, 14, and 16-year-old, you know, traveling through Pennsylvania, just, just it was kind of a, a neat reminiscence, but uh, uh, and now the airline industry, uh, I guess they've, as the end of last year, they have estimated I've flown a little over uh, two and a half million miles. Oh wow, that's a lot of peanuts. <laughs> well, flying is—I got to tell you something—and I'm not—I'm com- I'm not complaining because I'm only—I'm only home about four days a month. But uh, flying is not quite the same as it once was. You—you got to make sure that uh, if you are more—if uh, you do have a height that's a little over four and a half feet, that you're going to be able to fit in the seats that you bought tickets. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating now. I'm being sarcastic. And make sure when you check luggage through that you don't check yourself through because you've got to pay for every piece that you check through. And there's even right. one airline now that charges you for a glass of water on the flight. So it's a different world today. It's, it's, uh, I believe it's $2 for the water and then $3 to use the restroom after you drink the whole glass. <laughs> So I like your sense of humor. <laughs> now the the other folks there, they seem very quiet. They are they are alert, and they also have a sense of humor. Am I correct? They do. Yes, they do. <laughs> they they been, they generally yield the floor to me because I'm very talkative. So, uh, how long have you been doing the show? Uh, just about twelve years now. 
Oh, my. And is it, is it a weekly? or? It is weekly, yes. Saturday nights we come on and we talk about all things different and unique and strange and unusual. And, and so far, how many, they, hours, how many hours do you do on Saturday night? We do two hours. That's great. That's great. I, uh, I love radio. And, uh, you know, uh, radio is where things all started. I, I go back, and I won't go back, but I, I go back to a hero of mine that I only got to know the latter part of my uh, latter part of uh, his life, but and, and it's a legendary figure that has been forgotten today, and that was Arthur Godfrey. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, you look back at some of the legends that have kind of opened the doors and led the way for us to do what we do here, and even to just be able to have a nice conversation with people, you know, to, to speak with people one-on-one I, as opposed to having to put on a show on the radio. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I, I think uh, only because he's been brought up lately to me since his shows are now being, I, I can't even believe this, but I guess it's now uh, uh, five, four, four months now, but uh, uh, Johnny Carson's uh, TV shows are now being repeated on, uh, I guess, one of the cable numbers because I'm constantly called. I did 88 shows with Carson, and uh, uh, the, the reason I bring it up is because people have been reminding me that they've seen me lately on the Carson show now. And, and no, I've not. I've, I don't mean that we've had a seance or what have you, but <laughs> the, the break was talk about uh, communications, what have you. A man before him, his, uh, his name was Steve Allen, mm-hmm. and Steve Allen was a one of the best, one of the best humorists I've ever, I ever knew in my life. It was a remarkable man and a good writer and what have you. But uh, so uh, he had uh, heard about me, and this is this is some years ago, and uh, I wasn't known uh, outside of the East Coast at that time. So he had left the Tonight Show. Carson had taken over, and he and he, he went to. Uh, I think California was doing a show late at night that college students were watching and what have you. So he heard about me. So he flies me out to uh, L.A. and or, or to the city. It was outside of L.A. and uh, it's an hour show, nightly program. And I uh, and he's. I, they said to me, you know, do you want to meet uh, Steve before the show? I said, you know, I love the spontaneity of this program. If it's all right with him, I just like to walk on for the first time. And then get to know him. They said he would understand. He would get a kick out of that. So bottom line is this. So Steve Allen says he never met me or didn't know anything about me. He says, you know, we're all interested in the mind and the potential of the mind. This young man is, is somewhat gifted. Would you welcome Creskin? I didn't have the name Amazing then because that was given me years later by Carson. So I walk out on camera. And in those days, the lights in television were extremely bright and hot. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. I don't I didn't know any local shows here in the, in New York and New Jersey. So I walk out, and I'm looking towards the camera as I'm walking towards Steve Allen, who's about six feet four and standing on a dais elevated, just like uh, Letterman and all the others have done uh, even since then. And I'm and I'm, I'm slowly getting blinded as I get near Steve Allen. I get to the dais trip over the dais, fall flat on my face, so help me God, fall flat on my face. Of course, my family thinks it's the highlight of my career. And uh, Steve Allen says, "You go, are you all right, Chris? I said, fine, and no mocking me or anything wrong with the show. Well, a man went, came home early to his uh, apartment in New York that night and saw that there was a mentalist on, the, on Steve Allen's show, and he watched, and it was Johnny Carson. And there he saw this whole incident, 
and seven weeks later created a character called Karnak. And Karnak, the magician, if you remember, always fell over the desk when he walked out. <laughs> so that was like a little homage to you when he did that. Well, the last show, uh, that was kind of sad. The la- I, I knew when I did the last show with him that the show wasn't going to be on a lot, lot, not much longer, and I'd done a number of years. Now we're in L.A. doing the show, and I said to uh, Johnny, Johnny, you've been very good to me through the years, and I, I don't think I could, I'll ever forget my first break on the program. And he says, oh, the mighty Karnak, huh, Kreskin? We can't really erase our past. So that was a, that was, a, I just thought you'd get a kick out of that incident. Oh, I love it. I was just having a conversation the other day with, about Carson with someone about, about his, just his, Timing was impeccable. I don't think anybody's it ever really had the kind of timing he had. It, it, it was. It, it really, as a matter of fact, uh, he had. A lot of people don't know this, but his greatest hero in his life was a man that uh, uh, most people would not know today who he was. But his name was Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. And uh, Car, if you if you if you if if you, if you watch a Carson show where he's doing a monologue or some routine aside from sitting at the desk and turn off the sound and think of of Benny, you'll start seeing some of the motions, the mannerisms, the glances. He revered Jack Benny, and uh, his his wife said to me, the only uh, the only two times she ever saw him sobbing was the night that uh, Jack Benny had passed away because he, he admired him. But Carson was a brilliant, uh, and he never they never repeated anything. Something goes wrong, you just run with the damn thing and make the most of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they didn't have time to edit them. They were filming at 5 and airing at 11, so you had to... That's right. They yeah. were, and uh, yeah, he he was very... Uh, he, by the way, his passionate uh, uh, love of the whole show was his monologue, and uh, he was... He, he did not have guests in his uh, dressing room, but uh, one of the times I was there for something I was going to do with him, but I wanted to condition his thinking. They allowed me to visit in his dressing room, and there he sat. It looked like it looked like a a, 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 a character from the mafia sitting in front of this small round table with this bare light bulb over the table, and what was on the table, his monologue. He was just passionate wow. about his jokes and what have you. That's that's uh, that's a. Great insight into a into a great man. I, I do want to ask you though, because you do have the show coming up uh, at the Regent Theater in Arlington. It's happening on October sixth, and uh, you can get tickets at theregenttheater.com. dot com. What can people expect when they come to an amazing Creskin show? Well, I, I, I know a lot. you folks that have seen me on television or go on YouTube and see there's there's over. They tell me now there's over thirty half hours of a television show I did a, a few years ago and what have you, but. This is more than just a uh, than a half hour or twenty two minute uh, uh, television program. It's a full concert, and the, the and it's dealing with my audience because whether it's a theater such as uh, the region at, in Arlington or it's a state fair and and uh, Minnesota State Fair, I had ten thousand people. The Oregon State Fair was thirty thousand, or a nightclub in Vegas or what have you. My audience. There's no, there's no wall, there's no wall between myself, Tim, and my audience because the audience is part of my program, and I, I, I'll be, I'll be reading their thoughts. I'll, I'll ask them to concentrate on different items in their lives, and I'll proceed to attempt to reveal what they're thinking about. I will have people coming up on stage, in which I'll be doing 
rather dramatic mental tests with them, and not not only uh, tell, reading their thoughts but influencing their, their behavior. And then, then, and yes, I will. Of course, I will be doing it on uh, uh, next Friday. It's something I've done all over the world. It's been written about. It's been satirized and talked about. And that is my check test. And in that situation, Tim, I will gather from the audience and you folks attending. I, for all you know, you may be one of the people because I will gather a half a dozen folks from the audience whom I've never met before. They, if that's the one condition, unless I'm doing a return engagement for a private company or organization, mm-hmm. these are five or six strangers. I will turn over to five, four or five of them my check for the evening. And you, you heard me correctly, Jim, my check. A couple of them, uh, they will stay on stage. A couple of the, them will then escort me from the theater while the committee will hold on to my check. And usually when I'm escorted, one of the security people at the theater will leave with me and the two witnesses and will go out of the building unless the weather's bad, then we'll go into a a room, a dressing room where I cannot see or hear what's going on. In Toronto last year, where my my shows were outdoors at a state fair, and it was in 19 days, I did 29 shows. And uh, because it was outdoors and the thousand or how many were in the audience were in front of me, in the, uh, I w- they, had a, they had a van parked next to the stage. And every time this test was enacted, I was taken into the van, with a committee to guard me, and the doors were closed. I couldn't see what's happening because the committee, when I'm out of the building, is to take my check and hide it anywhere in the entire theater auditorium, anywhere, long as it's accessible and no one's going to be in any danger where, where they've hidden it. So they can hide it in the audience. They can hide it on the stage. And sometimes there's hundreds and hundreds of possibilities. When they've hidden it, if you can imagine this piece of insanity one of the committee members is instructed to come and get us where we are, and uh, usually a, another security person in the theater will take them to wherever they know I am. It's outdoors. They go out and get me, and I'm brought back in. Now, the committee who's hit my check, don't, don't talk to me. I don't ask them any questions. It's not a guessing game. They just have to focus on what they've done. I think this will be interesting to your listeners, Tim, because the understanding is if I don't find my fee, if I don't locate it, I forfeit the entire fee for my performance. It goes back to the company that booked me, and the show is for free. And you got to admit, Tim, that's a hell of a way to make a living. <laughs> it is, and it's a, it's a big risk. Have you ever not found your check, though? Well, yes, that's, yes, I have. I, I, I could have told you... Uh, uh, late last year, on nine occasions, uh, as of uh, some months ago, was ten times I've I forfeited my fee. That's not many, though, Tim. Out of six six thousand over six thousand searches, by the way, one of the most famous failures has been written uh, in in papers in Europe and other parts of the world because it's it became such a, a rather dramatic story. It took place in New Zealand. Now, I love New Zealand. I've, I've toured New Zealand a number of times, but this is my first time there. This is a, about 20-some years ago, and uh, I, was, I was one of the nights, one of the first couple of nights, I was at a, a, a large uh, theater 
in in uh, uh, New Zealand, and it turns out that I failed. When the show was over, some of the press that was there that night to review the show came came over to my dressing room and said, Creskin, we know you must be upset. Everybody, of course, was excited with your show, but we know how you must feel. You've lost your fee. Would you mind having a press conference tomorrow morning outdoor, outside the theater uh, early in the day? And I said, I, I am upset, but I'm a professional. Of course, I will do so. Well, the next morning, there are over 100 reporters there, TV, radio, and wow. and, uh, and and news people. It isn't because, Tim, I, I failed to find my fee. It's because when I failed the night before, I lost in one night $51,000. Wow. The money was turned over. Some of the money we turned over to a crippled children's hospital, which uh, is nearby, and they named the wing, they named the wing after me. And I, every time I'm, I'm back in New Zealand, when I'm in the town, it happened, and I, I will go visit there and say, the night that I lost my fee, I could have used the hospital. I was. <laughs> but listen to the places. And this, I shouldn't tell you this. I shouldn't tell you the listeners this, but you can imagine. Well, the the craziest uh, situations are universities. I don't know where over a thousand, over a thousand college appearances in in the states and in Canada, and maybe and some of the colleges like uh, uh, oh, some of them I've been a dozen times through the years. And one show I did in in the University of Illinois, uh, I walk. It was in a gymnasium. There's about 8,000 people, seven or 8,000 people. And uh, I come back in the gymnasium, and the check is hidden. I'm walking through the place. It was hard to walk around because people were sitting not only on bleachers but on on the tarp that was uh, in, on, on folding chairs on the tarp that they had covered the, the main floor with. So the place was very crowded. And I come up, I, I stop in front of this elderly gentleman, distinguished-looking man. I had him stand up. And I said to him, Sir, I said, this is, this is, this sounds crazy. Would you open your mouth? Well, I felt like a stupid jackass because there was no check. And I, I said, Sir, I, I apologize. I walked away from him. I must have walked 20 or 30 feet. And I stopped and I turned around and something kept telling me mentally I got to go back, and you could hear a pin drop in the place. In spite of the crowd, you could hear a pin drop. So, I walk back. I come in front of the gentleman again, and I said, "Sir, if I embarrass you, you just sit right. I'm having you standing, and you just sit right back down, and things will end here. Would you open your mouth again?" He does. I said, "Sir, does this have anything to do with your with uh, the roof of your mouth?" Tim, he reached in his mouth. He took out his upper plates and he handed me my check. <laughs> wow! Of all places. Okay, so I, but uh, I'm opening my mouth. I'm saying, "Open my mouth." That was not a very funny <laughs> remark. But I'm giving people ideas because, as as uh, as people will come, one one man in in uh, outside of Philadelphia, I think it was Harrisburg or, or Philadelphia, a few years ago, he was a, I was at a theater for. I guess a week or so, not one night. And he, uh, when he wrote a review of the show, he said, he says, I've, I've, I've reviewed plays, he said, but watching Kreskin do his check test is like watching a murder mystery, except that every night 
the solution is different in the play because, of course, the solution to him is not my own decisions, the decision of, of the group of people who are, you know, creative in, in what they're doing. <laughs> well, and, and it's important, I think, to let people know that with, with your shows, with your performances, it's not, it's not about having extraordinary powers. It's not about having psychic abilities. It has to do, Tim, with uh, first of all, I'm not a, I, I'm not a fortune teller. I uh, I've tried looking into a crystal ball. I get a headache. Now I don't, but but I I do feel under certain conditions. Uh, oh, let me give you. Uh, uh, this was it's interesting. You brought this up. This was brought up today when I was in my in, in a in an area where I had a large fam, a family of relatives in Bethlehem Allen Town uh, years ago, and they asked me about my background and so forth. The way I can explain what I'm doing in a performance is I'll, I'll give you an incident in, that happened at the Riviera a couple of years ago in Vegas. One night I mentioned two names and uh, this gentleman stood up and uh, he, he all, was an, uh, also an older person. I said, sir, uh, who are these people? He said, uh, Creston, he said, uh, they're not people. He said, my wife and I are he was from some other part of the country. I don't remember what where he said. He said, uh, "But we're we're here vacationing here, and those are our our pet dogs. We love them." I said, "Sir, can I ask you something? Did you did you say to your wife? I wonder if Kress can can tell me my military number, Tim? You would have had to be there. I wish that the show had been we had someone had filmed at that moment. He's standing up. He slams his fist down." on the small round table because it was a large nightclub audience. He says, Creston, he says, we're not staying at this, uh, the Riviera. We're staying at, I'll figure where the hotel was. He said, I said that to her at dinner. I said, well, who have you told your, uh, uh, you know, your, your army? He says, uh, he says, I, I haven't told anyone. I, I never mentioned to my wife. You can ask anybody. If anyone calls in, it's in the service, man or woman, they'll say, you know, come to think of it. I never mentioned it to my family, my wife, or because we don't, you just we just don't mention something like that. Yeah, right. Well, I said, you know it by heart. He says, yes, I do. I gave him every single digit in his army serial number, and he was in World War II. But Tim, if he didn't know the number, you could have given me a crystal ball with a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars on the ball. I wouldn't be able to do anything. Well, maybe if you offered that, Tim, I would have done. I would have done something desperately. But no, I couldn't. <laughs> so it's it, Tim. Tim, I got to say this. If I hope, and if you can and decide to let us know, because we'll make sure you come can come as my guest with someone. If you can come to the program, let me know because I'd love to get to see you and and tell the audience this is the person you've been hearing all these years on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be great. I mean, that's that's what I find the most fascinating about this is you're you're not. It, it's it's not magic. It's 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 just no. It, no, it is not magic, Tim. It's it's dealing with the potential of the mind. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say this to all all you folks listening in. Uh, we're going to have, and because it's a, and I do this every year uh, in the shows during during the period uh, in in late October. Part of the show at, at Arlington and at the at the region is going to be a ghost sighting. Now, I'm not saying mm. uh, I necessarily. Uh, believe in, in ghosts and what have you. I'm not, I'm not knocking mediums and what have you. But this is not an illusion 
program, when you see what happens, you will understand why. When I did this a couple of years ago in New York City at a theater, and don't worry about it if you volunteer on stage amongst the 20 or 30 people I have up there. Don't, one lady got so frightened, Tim, she ran out of the theater <laughs> and went two blocks down Broadway. The crew got her and brought her back and said, everything's all right. <laughs> the, the whole scenario is gone. So, you know, my, my comment is this, Tim. The whole program, is the audience is part of it. They're not sitting there watching something. In some way, they may be involved. And I think that's why my career, I, I've been very proud. It's been like an adventure as I, as I, you know, a year ago, I was in Spain, Italy, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, Wales, Netherlands, Canada, the United States, and a foreign country called New Jersey, where I live. <laughs> it's, it's the state of New Jersey. I've been there, too. They always ask me for my paperwork when I try to get in. Oh, oh they do, Tim. Oh, my God. You, you know, I, I, I say this. We can't laugh at ourselves and about some, with the, and today especially with being politically correct. I have a, I'm sitting in my office here. There's a sign and reporters that come in here sometimes to interview me. A sign, on, a frame sign that says, if anyone ever calls me politically correct, kick me in the ass. <laughs> We got to be able to laugh. You know what I mean. Absolutely. We got to be able to laugh at ourselves. And and it's funny that you you know you mentioned not knocking psychics or mediums because my co-host Stephanie is actually a psychic medium. So <laughs> I, uh, Stephanie, are you? Are I you am. Yes. Isn't it? It's. I, I hope to. I hope to get to meet you. Have you made Stephanie? Have you made this a life's work? Your your work as a medium. Um, it was actually something that I ran from for a very long time because I didn't want to be different, and I. Recently decided after having my first TV uh, national uh, television debut on um, a television show last year that I, I should uh, just jump in full full were, force were, and do it. Were you interviewed on the show or was it a piece about you uh, that, that you're doing? Nope. It was actually um, for a show. Um, it was actually my first one was uh, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi Channel. And then I went to mm -hmm. uh, Kindred Spirits on TLC. So they were both paranormal uh, investigation shows that I was and, a part of. But you felt uh, there, were, there, were, there were indications that this was an area of, of special meaning or interest to you long before this you be, be, went into it? full-time was it through your life or things that have happened is that what it is um i actually uh was born with the gift and um my mother had it my grandmother had it and i absolutely loved it i had a passion for it but when i realized that i was different from everybody else it made me feel really uncomfortable and i didn't want to be judged for it and you know it's it's hard to be uh the weird little kid that can see ghosts and make friends so um i tried my best to stay away but i realized that there was so much more that i could do to help people that were grieving that I decided yes. that um, it was something that I, I was meant to do and I was handed for a reason and I wanted to be able to try to help people through their grief process So, that's, or people that were afraid to live in their homes uh, because of very, paranormal activity. That's very, uh, very meaningful and, very, and, and you, if you've, given, you've given your life meaning because you, you shared your ability to help others and give them you know, some console, consoling, also some hope and and also a different way of looking at things. That I, I think that's exciting. I we don't uh, today more and more, as you can understand, we're reaching a point in our culture where people are not really listening to each other, each other as they once do. I, I happen to be an, an, an avid reader. I, I uh, 
I, uh, I've written 20 books uh, through the years, and uh, I, I just uh, just added to my home an addition to my library because my library is over 8,000 books. The BBC came to photograph it some years wow. ago because I, 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 I'm, I'm interested in how other people think. Me too. And that's what life is. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, that's absolutely. That's what life is all about. Agreed. I've always said I'd love to know what makes people tick. And I love to just have conversations with different people from all different walks of life because I love to understand how they see the world. And yes, and, and it's and it's exciting to look at life through other people's perspective. I'll tell you something. Uh, when you get a full analysis, you got to uh, explain it on the show because if you can explain how uh, uh, Tim Weisberg thinks, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, are you still there? I tell her all the time to stay out of my head, yes. but she doesn't listen. He gets really nervous when I read his mind. Very, very nervous. She does. Awesome. She, she, Kreskin, she sends me the answers to questions that I'm just about to send her in a text message. While I'm still typing the question, she sends me the answer. Tim, now, now are, the, are, are the, the, the folks with you that are on tonight, are they on with you each week or off and on through the time? That for, you're the, doing your... for, the, for the most part, yeah. If we're, if we're all able to get together, this is the crew. But generally, you know, somebody's here, somebody's there. But uh, my Tell other co- Tell me a little bit about the other folks that are with you. The the person making everything happen, because we also video stream this at the same time on YouTube. Oh. So we have a a, a producer here, Matt Costa, who is just a genius with everything. He just makes this show tick. We wouldn't have this show running if it wasn't for him. And then we have Matt Moniz, who just sits next to him and, you know, watches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Moniz is actually a a, a chemist, and he is a chemist by trade, but he's also been investigating the paranormal, and in particular, especially UFOs and and alien abductions, he's been investigating for a long time. And and we actually just had on the show prior to you joining us, we had a local person who was abducted by aliens uh, and had a tattoo from the aliens while he was up there. So, you know, we're going to have him hook up with Matt Moniz, and Matt Moniz is going to help him out with all kinds of regression therapy and testing and things of that nature. And then in here we also have John Brightman, who's a friend of ours who came by tonight, and uh, he is another guy that does all kinds of things. Started off as a paranormal researcher, now he's a talent agent. Are you kidding me? He's a talent agent? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Isn't that a, isn't talk about a Talk about a wide diversification of... You've got, you've got an interesting crew of people there. I mean... And I'm not talking about it psychiatrically. I'm talking about it. <laughs> well, that you know, too. That, that too. But that, you know, <laughs> my, your, 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 you know, by the way, I'm, I'm going to in a little while, uh, uh, have to, just a little while, have to get going. But, you know, we'll have to, we've got to, we've got to talk again in the not-too-distant future because the experiences through the years as I've traveled all over the world, some of them have been, uh, you know, I, that would be interesting. You folks who would understand have been wild and unexpected and unpredictable. I, I mean, if I can tell you things that happened in Japan, where I was performing with audiences that did not speak my language, but there was still a way way of communicating. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I, that's a, you've got an interesting chemistry there. I want to tell. And folks, by the way, the other four of you are one with Tim. I want to tell you, folks, and let's let's hope that Tim doesn't edit this out. The other of you there, if you can work with Tim, you can handle ISIS, the Taliban. I'm only <laughs> joking. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you come back sometime when uh, when you have some more time in your schedule. We'll really get into some stuff. Uh, but for right now, we'll just remind everybody that if they want to come out and see you, they can do so this Friday in, in Arlington at the Regent Theater. 
And you know, Tim, and I, and I will come back. I will come back on the air Thank you, with and with all of you folks there. But folks uh, also understand that as long a program as it is, once when I leave the stage and uh, have a little bit of time to myself to change my clothes, what have you, there is a meet and greet after the program because as I travel the world and and meet people that known me from other areas or seen me in the past. I, I get a kick out of uh, people that come with their with their youngsters that have seen me a few years ago. Now, it's not true that I was born in the 1880s. If you start that rumor, Tim, I'm going to haunt you. But, <laughs> but I have been, been around for a while. And listen, I, I, I'll say, I, I won't say goodbye now because I'll, I'll see you. And Tim, if you do plan, come call Call us at the at the office here during the week, and I, and I want to. But if you do come, any of you folks that are there tonight, come and say hello after the program. I won't say goodbye to you folks. Just in the spirit of broadcasting, I'll say to be continued. Okay. All right, that All sounds right. great. Thank you, sir, so much for joining Take us. Care. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care now. Right, you as well. Bye. That is the one, the only, the legend himself, the amazing Kresk. And I told you guys it was going to be fun talking with him. What a nice guy. And. He's funny as hell. He really is. Yeah. And I, I listen, I, I had to be careful there because I would fall down that rabbit hole of yes. just having him tell me old showbiz stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would, I, I love hearing that stuff, hearing about like what it was like to meet Steve Allen and to, to work with Johnny Carson and, and Kreskin's worked with everybody. And just those stories alone, I could have listened to even not even getting into Because I, I, I could have. And, uh, but. If you actually want to go out and see him and see his abilities, the show is happening this Friday, October 6th at the Regent Theater. Listen, how much does it cost now to go out to the movies? Oh, God, I don't even know. You know, uh, I just went a couple weeks ago. With, we, we should get John and Mike. I just went a couple weeks ago, and two tickets to the movie with drinks at the movie was $47. You can go see the amazing Kreskin in person. Tickets start at $22.50. So for almost the same price you're going to pay to go right. sit in one of those cushy movie theaters with the reclining seats, you can go see The Amazing Kreskin live. The best seats in the house are $37.50. You pay more for that to watch a boxing pay-per-view. I wish I was around so I could go. That would be awesome. Huh? What is it? It's Friday, Friday night. Friday, October 6th at the Regent Theater in Arlington. Tickets are still available. And, uh, and also, they have a few other deals as well that you can get involved with. If you, if you are a senior, you can save $5. If you're a veteran, you pay half price. And uh, you can also get group discounts as well. So all of that is up on the regenttheater.com website. That's Regent Theater with an E at the end because it's fancy, so you have the E at the end of theater. Uh, so it's T-R-E. If, if you, I'm sure if you look at the other one, too, it'll be the same. But uh, So you can go and check, out, check it out. Get tickets. Because you're going to want to see this. This is going to be one heck of a show. I'm going to try and get out. Because now I got personally invited by the Amazing Wait, you Kreskin. Did. You did. I have to get out of work that night I'm and go. I'm really sad I can't be your date. That's going to be one heck of a night. No, me. No, not you. Yeah, me. I'm much cuter than you are. <laughs> yeah, but if I go, then maybe he, you know, Tim did the little plug for me that I'm an agent. Maybe he was I interested could... in the fact that you're an see? agent. See? Fine, I'll pay for my own damn ticket. And, and he's been showing up at some of the paranormal conventions oh, and stuff over the years. So, and uh, and that's what people have told me. People have been telling me like, you you have to talk to this guy. I'd love to talk to this guy. Right, I've heard a lot about him, and 
I'm happy that we actually got to get him on for a little while. I mean, I remember seeing him on TV when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't want to make him feel, feel old and dated. But, you know, I remember being a young kid, sneaking downstairs, watching Johnny Carson. I mm-hmm. remember seeing him on some of these different television shows. Matt was running some clips on the video stream with yes. David Letterman and, and seeing him do what he does. And always, every time, I would walk away kind of scratching my head. And, and to know that there is there is no magic behind it, there is no special power to it is even more fascinating to me because pe- th- i was t- telling you guys earlier that's what when i put out that we were going to have the amazing kreskin on people would be like well you know he doesn't really have a powers or he's not it's not that like real matter. magic i'm like but that's way cooler to me right because that means he's doing something that kind of everybody can do that's if they open up their mind enough. Right. right so that's that i, I don't know I'm, I'm sorry if anybody from work is listening <coughs> i'm feeling sick i can't go in friday night uh, I think I might have to. I have to go to Arlington to get seen by a specialist. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> how you gonna pull that off? I have to get. Yeah, yeah. I'm having mental abilities. I have to see a mentalist. <laughs> so uh, that's that, awesome. I mean, a mental breakdown. So I have to have a mentalist advise me. But uh, that's why I just knew, like, this would be a great fit, not only for the stories that he can tell, but just because it it fits into what we talk about here, but in a different way. And uh, so what I, what actually happened is I got an email to just buy tickets. Like, hey, you might be interested in the show. The Amazing mm-hmm. Crescent's coming to the region theater. So we're going to try and talk to that guy. And uh, and so it happened to work out. Very smooth process. It was like it was meant to happen. So I would have to say, since I've been listening to you guys now for seven, six, seven years, I would have to say that where, he's... Where were you the first five? Oh, jeez. I don't even know. (laughs) You want to be his date Friday night? (laughs) I I would have to say he's probably in my top three or four of the best guests that you've had on here. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. And we've had some pretty good ones over the years. Well, that's pretty much the general consensus right now in the chat room is everybody saying that this is radio gold, the best, you know, uh, short segment that they've they've heard. It's it's tough being a host sometimes because... You do just kind of want to sit back and listen. Sometimes I take myself out of the show and say I want to just kind of hear what's going on as a listener, right? And and not have to remember to ask the questions. And and that was certainly one of them. If you had told me at some point in my life, you will interview the amazing Kreskin, you will interview Jim Mars, mm. you know, you will interview James Van Prague, these people yes. that we've talked to over the years, John Zaffis, I would have been like, no way. But it's awesome. we've been we've been lucky enough to do it. And right. and they, and. Who else? We've had some pretty weird guests. We had Eddie Money on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Eddie Money on the show. Bunch of times. Oh my God. We had. Uh, we. Who else have we had on? We had the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, on the show. Uh, we, Matt and I were trying for went on forever and it ended up not working out. But we were having numerous conversations to get him on the air. The founder of Atari, Nolan Bushnell, because there was a point in time when we said, you know what? It doesn't always have to be paranormal. Let's just talk to people we want to talk to. And so we were going to have him on, and it just ended up not working out. But he he called he called to tell us that he couldn't do the show and talk to us on the phone for an hour to tell us that he couldn't come on the show. But it was you know it was one of those things that just didn't didn't end up happening. But sometimes it's just meant to happen, you know. We we're, have fun. We're meant to hook people up, like you know Moniz and, and Jim Andre, and sometimes we're made to bring people together, like we will with the Bridgewater Triangle show coming up on uh, October fourteenth. So email us now if you want to get involved with that. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, you, you look at the path that things go on and the way that people go, it's kind of all works out for people. Mm-hmm. And 
we'll just keep riding that wave, and we're glad to take the audience along with us. And speaking of taking the audience places, uh, did you guys? We're, let's let's do some paranormal TV plugs here. Did okay. you guys ha- have a chance to see the Fall River episode of Haunted Towns? I did. did we haven't even talked. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Fall River episode of Kindred Spirits either. We haven't. We, haven't. Here. we have to have Amy and Adam back on too. Absolutely. I mean, that was. Uh, I was hoping that that would turn out to be a great episode for them, just because I know that I've had so many experiences. Right. Had, we've all had experiences in that house, but it doesn't always translate to television. Right. So a lot of times when the TV shows come, they don't get everything that they're, you know, that, that would be indicative of what normally happens. But I think that they had some pretty good activity there, and it was completely different, different. than, right. and I'm talking about kindred spirits, it was completely different than what we normally encounter there because it was personally related to Sue. Right. We talked a little bit about that the, the day after it aired, uh, but we didn't get too much into it. We did. I'd say I can't even remember when we were on TV. I, yes. As, as you know, I've I've slept about a total of like seven hours this entire week. We did. We, we had talked about how we had experienced things that um, were different than what Chip had experienced. Right. And, so we did uh, talk about that a little bit. And then I know that you don't normally watch the paranormal shows. I do not. You do watch Haunted Towns. I do because I love you so much, Tim. And it's not why. It's got nothing to do with me. Really? <laughs> But, uh, Listen. did she have the membership card yet? The what? This is president of the fan club? No. We you uh, stop it? <laughs> uh, just razzing you. You're a terrible person. So, the, um, both of you. Well, you should have known when you're like, John wants to know if he can come into the show tonight. You should have known what was going to happen. You know, it happens constantly. If it's not the two of you together, it's, well, it, you know, it always involves you. Okay. All right. But, so the episode of Haunted Towns that uh, that, that aired from, from the Lizzie Borden house and, and also the Abbey Grill, well, the church, uh, that was, for me, it was very personal to work on that episode because I wanted something. And Moniz, you've been there when we filmed this stuff at Lizzie Borden's. We tell them the stuff that goes on there. We tell them the experiences that we have, and they don't pay attention to it. You know, we well, you can do do that till you're blue in the face. It's we, human nature. We try and tell them like there's more to the story than just talking to Lizzie Borden, and like even if you talk to Lizzie Borden, it, it might not even be her that you're talking to. There's right. something else there. And so I was so happy that when we had these talks going into this episode, you know, basically saying, I know that you guys are getting into the Borden house and you're excited to try and reach into that mystery of what happened, but do yourselves a favor and don't worry about it don't bog yourself down and did lizzie do it i mean yeah i know we did ghost lab yeah. where <laughs> which we, never really aired but no it aired we just didn't we yeah. just didn't make it yeah but it was it that was the whole idea of that episode was that they were trying to to look into different angles for it and what ends up happening is they put lizzie borden back on trial like it doesn't matter at this point it's gone way beyond whether or not lizzie borden actually did it and so if you can just kind of put the whodunit aspect away from it and got to the, like, well, why did it happen? And what has happened as a result of it? That's when you started getting deeper into the story. So I was very glad that they did that. The um, That's that's why I kind of, like, as much as I'm, I don't know how I want to say this, but as much as I liked the way Ghost Adventures, when they started the show on the Lizzie Borden, where they talked about, the history of the neighbor and what happened. Mm-hmm. 
I think that was a good way because it still wasn't at first pushing down your throat. Oh, who did it? Who did it? You know, but, I mean, and you can kind of fall into that trap if that's the evidence that you're getting. Yes. You know, if that's what they're talking about, I can understand going down that path. But to go into it and say, well, we're going to be the ones to prove what happened. Yeah. Like, it, no, it, like it, legal minds have not been able to do that. And all you're doing investigators is, are not is do it. focusing on one thing. You need to open your mind and focus on other. And so that's why I was just very glad. And I think it paid off because I think they got better activity than the other shows have. Because, and same thing with Kindred Spirits, because you were looking away from the murders themselves. And so you were getting some more stuff associated with it. And, uh, and just a quick Haunted Towns plug, the season finale airs this Tuesday. I know, it's, it went by quick. They need a season two. And uh, I, I agree. And uh, if I was shaking a magic eight ball right now, I, I hopefully would say all signs point to yes. But, you know, we'll, when we get the call, that's when it's official. But uh, this... It's pretty much the same thing as a magic eight ball. So the um, so it's a season finale, and it takes place in McDonough, Georgia. And a lot of people are saying, "What? You've been to Salem, Savannah, Fall River, Vicksburg? You know, you've been to places that I've heard of before. Cape May, New Jersey, Bisbee. You've been to places that are on the paranormal map." Where the hell is McDonough, Georgia? And that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. The idea of this show is to find some of those places where there's activity going on that you might not have heard of. And the only reason we know of McDonough, Georgia, and the stuff that goes on there is because our friend Jill lives there. Right. And and Jill has been on the show before, and we've we've uh, had her as a guest at events before, and, and she's the owner of Claire the Doll, and that doll is directly tied into, at least we believe it is, into the Camp Creek wreck of 1900, which has left its mark on that entire town, a, a train wreck, yeah. in which the town square was covered with the bodies of the victims. And that has kind of left its mark on this small town. And so that's what they'll be exploring in this episode, and Claire the Doll will be featured in the episode. So you've seen her first on Spooky South Coast. Now you'll see her on Haunted Towns this Tuesday. I might have to skip that one because it's got a creepy doll in it. Really? Yep. It's 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 pretty good. I've seen the episode. You you're gonna want to watch it. It's pretty good. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to, Why don't to we quote have Larry issues? David, it's pretty 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 you, good. That's really do have issues. Why? Aliens you don't like. You don't like haunted dolls. What what else? Clowns. 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 <laughs> okay, so spiders. Well, yeah. Spiders and wasps. Top of the list. Wasps I you know, I don't blame you for. Thank you. Wasps hundred percent. If there was a show about wasps, I wouldn't watch it. Perfect. Hell no. See that? See? I'm and I'm talking about, about the bees, not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. <laughs> Stop it. Or, or or the metal band. So the... Uh, yeah, we I, actually know people yeah, I was in the say, metal band. <laughs> if, Steph, if Steph Howland had a TV show, I'd watch that. Yeah. But, um, and then, of course, uh, there's another paranormal TV show on this week that the Spooky South Coast audience might want to tune into. Yes. Yes, there is. Would you like to plug it this time since I did already? <laughs> No, no, this is, this is your, your show to plug. My show to plug. I will be back on Kindred Spirits this Friday, October 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern on TLC. So this will be episode two for me, but the first one of season two. And I will be back sometime during the rest of the so season. So I know that you filmed two episodes this season, and I know kind of what the gist was of why you were brought into both cases. Can you give us any kind of a preview of what you're doing in this one? Um, let me see if I can give you something. <laughs> this one was, actually, I got a call from Amy and Adam. This was the, the first episode that they filmed for season two. And um, it was day three of production, and they called me and they said, we need help. 
and basically, um, I guess all so I can you're, say, you're coming to assist them. I came in, to assist in, them in because they came in, and the evidence that they were getting, Amy felt intuitively, was not all that was there. So I came in and helped them out and basically validated what they were thinking. So um, it was it was a local case to me, or more local than the last one I filmed, um, but it was very interesting how it turned out. Because I know, just like to put it generally, there was one that you were brought in to help with the case and one where you were brought in to help with a person. Right. So, so this is the, the one with the case. Yes. Okay. So uh, tune into that Friday night, 9 o'clock, TLC, and then Haunted Towns, Tuesday night, 10 o'clock, Destination America. And if you've ever missed any episode of either show, they're all available on On Demand and right. on, on the apps. Uh, both Destination America and TLC have what they call the Go apps where right. you can watch the episodes right there. And, uh, and of course, you know, I, you know we don't push a lot of TV shows. We push these ones because they're quality. Like, I'm not talking about from even a paranormal perspective. Like, you can sit down and watch a show, one of these shows, and say, I just spent an hour watching something that was very entertaining. Right. And that's what I, I think there was such a such a movement with ghost hunters to say, let's kind of deconstruct the way that people think about ghost experiences and make it not so scary. There still was, of course, dramatic tension because right. it's television, but we're trying not to make it scary. We're trying to show that this is just something people do. And uh, I think that now with shows like Kindred Spirits and, and Haunted Towns, to a degree, has done it as well, we've kind of brought back some of that that tension that that oh yeah you know that little scary element and, and kindred spirits has done a great job of this season as they're saying it's like each episode is like a little mini horror homage so it is and i think the thing that both shows brought back which was definitely missing was the history aspect and the research aspect and they're all like little mysteries to mm-hmm. be solved and that's the part that pulls me in even if you know i'm not into the whole did you hear that let's you know just straight investigating for an hour i'm really drawn in by the history and the mystery of it and uh, just in the final few minutes we'll remind everybody that uh, on october 14th we'll have our annual bridgewater triangle investigation show so if you're an investigator if you're a team if you want to get involved with that and you want to take part reach out tim at spooky or hit me up on facebook or twitter so that we can get everybody organized and figure out where we're going to send people out uh, because I think we'll probably not be on the air next week because we get a lot of different stuff going on. Uh, we'll be on for that one. And then the following week, I won't be around because we have the Spooky in Salem event. Uh, and then um, we'll be on the week after that because that's the 28th. And then on November 4th, we'll be off because we have the Mysterious Middleborough event. So there's tickets for those available on SpookySouthCoast.com. The Middleborough event is going to be a blast. I'll see you in November. Because we get, I know. <laughs> the, the, the best thing about the Middleborough event is we get to work with all of our friends. Right. So with all the different locations that we'll be doing. All right. Well, that about does it for this week's show. Again, we thank you all for tuning in, for listening. We had a great time. Hopefully you did as well. I can't believe I got to talk to the amazing Kreskin tonight. Awesome. And uh, so we'll be back soon at some point. With more of Spooky South Coast. You can always listen to all the past episodes. They're all available for you wherever podcasts are found. And you can watch all the videos on YouTube. The easiest way to find it all, the simplest way, just download our free app. doesn't cost you anything. doesn't take up a lot of space on your phone. We don't send you nude pictures of Moni's unless you specifically request them. No. And then you, we ask you, like, you know how, like, sometimes it's like, are you sure you want to leave this site? Are you sure you want to? We ask them, like, seven pop-up windows. Are you sure you want to see this? So by that point, you know, it's it's on you. 
if you still have uh, clicked all the way through. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's The app is rated for all ages, so we don't show any full frontal just from behind. And <laughs> what is happening? And I didn't even it's need devolving. the Swedish fish. No. All right, I'm going to have to go get some sleep, I think. I agree. This is what happens. I get loopy and weird and, and goofy when I haven't slept for an entire week. But until next time, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for John, for Ashley, I'm Tim. We want you all out there to stay safe and stay spooktacular. <laughs>